You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to Profiles in CRM, episode 23. I'm your host, Chris Webster. Profiles in CRM asks CRM professionals eight simple questions. The answers vary wildly depending on their experience and education. Because of the nature of contract archaeology and how small this field really is, some people choose not to reveal their name or the company they work for. Stay to the end of the show to hear how you can have a chance to answer these same questions. Okay, we're here on Profiles, and here's the first question. What is your name, and who do you work for? My name's Ross Way. I'm an archaeo mercenary, currently working for Rincon Consultants in California. Nice, archaeo mercenary. I love it. And how long have you been working in CRM? I've been doing CRM for about 22 years now. 22 years, nice. What is the position you usually have at companies, and what is the highest position you've ever held? Like, uh, you know, I mean, field tech on up through project manager, principal investigator type stuff. I've done pretty much everything from field tech up to um, field director. Okay. Nowadays, are you, you typically in a in a higher position? I think, well, our CRM uh, in California is pretty much renewables at this point, so... I've been doing uh, just boatloads of monitoring, uh, and in general, I'm uh, usually the archaeological lead monitor. Right. Okay. And where have you worked? Have you worked outside of California? I have done a little bit of work in Nevada and Arizona, um, but primarily in California. I've worked in about two-thirds of the counties in the state, um, all the way surrounding the Bay Area on the um, coast down all the way to San Diego, and then uh, from Mono County all the way down on the east side of the state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's something, Something I've worked on the east coast, and I think it's something east coast archaeologists would have a hard time understanding, is that you can stay in the state of California for your entire career and hit so many yeah, different right? cultures and zones and, and everything. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, so, so far as I recall from when they were teaching me in class, um, you've got every language group in North America is represented in California. So the diversity is just absolutely incredible. It is. And, and you've also got historic period stuff that goes back, uh, you know, to the 1500s, not a lot of it, but, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty diverse. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what is the best thing that's happened to you that's related to being an archaeologist? And this can be professional, personal, whatever, just as long as it's related to the fact that you're an archaeologist. That's uh, an interesting question. Um, I've had opportunities to do just some phenomenal projects. Um, I've had a chance to dig three different missions, getting ready to uh, start up on my fourth mm-hmm. Um I've, you know, probably paleo all the way up to, uh, uh, like military homesteading, things like just about everything you could think of. Um, and the amount of people that have met during that whole process, I mean, I've made a lot. We're having some Skype issues right here, but Ross is talking about the hundreds of people that he's met on projects and the long lasting relationships and friendships that result from such a thing. Long time CRM archaeologists know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a good answer. I I hear that from other people too. I mean, just the especially the longer you're in, that's the answer I typically hear is is it's relationships. You know, the people you've met and the 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 friendships you've held for the for so long. 
yeah, it's just it's crazy. It's it's a very small world in the long run around. Ross is also talking about how those friendships and acquaintances that you meet um, help you get along better on a crew and help to get things started off on the right foot. It's a really good, it's a good situation to be in. So what is the biggest thing that you would change that would make being a CRM archaeologist better? You know, I, I thought a lot about this. I think probably the biggest thing I would change, accountability. There is just, it seems like as, as the days go by, there seems to be less and less accountability in our field. You have people who do things, they, they may just lowball on, say, phase one things, but they don't have to worry about being around for phase two. They're not, they're not staffed to do phase two, so they don't care. Um, or, you know, conversely, people who are doing uh, excavation, just uh, they do what it takes to I've done, but that only comes out the other end. And I don't know how I, where you're used to working, but here in California, I see just way too much, um, for to say this without saying bad words, uh, crappy work. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I take pride in what I do. I, I feel like, you know, for the people that I work with, but there are just so many, so many firms out there, not necessarily firms, but, you know, small, whatever they are. They, they just do what they do just to get a paycheck. More Skype issues. Ross is saying that he wants to learn stuff and he wants to teach things and he wants to impart the knowledge that he's gained on projects so other people can learn from it. So that the next person who comes behind me goes in already knowing as much as I can give them to know, and then works off of that. I just try to do the best I can so that whoever's coming behind me is equipped to uh, not only to know what I know, hopefully I, I, I do know what I think I know, you know what I mean, um, and then build on that and, and move forward and, and uh, you know, push our science forward rather than uh, just, you know, fiddle-faddling around and, uh, you know, going in circles everybody recording the same thing 15 times and, and really not learning anything from it. Right. That's good. I like that. All right. What is your career goal in CRM? Uh, <laughs> make it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my career goal, you know, there, there are a bunch of things that I'd like to do. I, I'd like to poke as many holes as I possibly can in as many missions as I can, um, California missions. Uh, something that I'm really, I, I really love doing mission archaeology. Um, and just, you know, just be able to, to continue to learn and apply my knowledge. Um, and yeah, just make it out alive, you know, and eventually, uh, you know, the knees in the back are going out. And so I'm, uh, I'm doing photography on the side and, uh, eventually I'd like to, to retire from CRM and just do photography full time. Um, yeah. You know, I, I want to take a small sidetrack here for, for people that aren't familiar with this, but mission archaeology, what, uh, what, what attracts you to, to working in missions? What, what do you like about that? Um, you know, the whole, the whole missionization thing, um, I'm not going to take sides one way or another with, um, um, Spanish colonialism in California, but um, 
But the ways that um, both the missionaries and the natives had to adapt in, in any given location um, is pretty amazing. I mean, you, you got 21 different California missions, and they're, it's 21 different places, 21 different resource bases. Um, and uh, the indigenous populations are all, all varied. So you have all of these different influences all coming together in one spot. And then over the course of time, with the influx of uh, other outsiders, either like Eastern Americans, um, you know, the, the French, the Russians, uh, whoever, um, they all leave their footprint in, in mission archaeology. And, and not only that, but the missions leave their footprints, you know, with each other. And it's, it's really fascinating. And it's, it's a fairly tight space and time. And to see how these adaptions, adaptations um, take place so rapidly, um, and then to find it in the archaeological record and, and see it and know it is pretty cool cool yeah I, i've never excavated in a mission before but now uh now it sounds like i really want to that sounds really you're missing awesome. out yeah you're I know. missing out okay last question uh if you could give an undergrad thinking about crm one piece of advice uh what would that be uh um <laughs> yeah we we talked about this in uh in a, uh email a little right. bit back um <laughs> don't rely on technology um, it's, it won't, it can't get you out of a hole. If, if you've gotten yourself in a hole, it's your fault, not technology's fault, but, uh, we put way too much reliance on that stuff and things always go wrong. You know, it's so, whoever had the GPS before you has the wrong coordinate system. And when you change it over, it messes things up or whatever. Um, You've got to learn the basics, know how to use your compass, set the declination, know how to take notes, um, know how to make observations, explain yourself explicitly, and just remember, you know, we are cultural anthropologists studying the dead. Um, we didn't get to be there with them, and all we have once we dig it up is what we put on paper about what we see. And everything else is, you know, technology is, is wonderful if you have it and you can make it work, but you never expect it. Know your instincts. Hopefully you've been trained well. If you haven't, hopefully you're still being trained while you're out in the field. You know, I am. Um, you know, some of these kids coming out, of, you know, fresh off their BAs are teaching me new things all the time. Uh, I, I'm always open-minded and willing to learn, and that's probably saved my butt more than anything else. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's just got to get out of their lives, man. Just got to get out of their lives. Um, and to justify why we're there in the first place.
Show notes for this and all episodes can be found on the Archaeology Podcast Network website at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. At that page, you'll also find a form that you can fill out so you can be interviewed on the show. Interviews take less than 30 minutes and you don't need any special equipment. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the field. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.